you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple just to be in his presence. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them. It's the last line. This is what I want. That they had been with Jesus. That they they took knowledge of them because they noticed that they had been with Jesus. By the help of the Lord this morning, I just want to bring a thought. The Lord's been dealing with me some over the last few weeks about the subject that I'm going to bring and the challenge that I'm going to bring at the conclusion of this message this morning. I want to talk to you this morning about being in His presence. For a title I will use this morning, Entertaining His presence, entertaining his presence. How many of you know it's important to be in the presence of the Lord? God, we need your help this morning. Help me, Lord, to speak the words that lodge deep into the heart of every hearer in this room today and every online viewer today. I'm praying, God, that as I speak what you have inspired into me this morning, that where my words fall and fail, I pray, God, that your spirit comes through for the letter killeth but the spirit maketh alive inspire us through your spirit this morning God that we may want to do Lord take the steps we need to take to do what we need to do we pray in Jesus name amen God bless you you can be seated this morning There's a story in the book of Exodus where Moses and God are having a conversation about leading people out. And it became a negotiation between Moses and God. Finally, in Exodus chapter 33, God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. 
And Moses said to God, if your presence doesn't go with me, then don't even take me where you want to go. If your presence isn't with me, I don't even want to be there. And, and this is kind of how I feel this morning. I thank God for everything he's done for this church. He's blessed us in so many ways. But the most important thing that happens has nothing to do with our fellowship, with our building, with our ministries. The most important thing that could happen today is that we individually get into the presence of God and that we entertain His presence. It's more important than functions and actions and ministries and operational adventures. I, I never want this church to ever reach a point to where we become about the arts. I thank God for wonderful music, but if the music is not bringing us into his presence, I don't want the music. I thank God for wonderful and gifted our, our choir, and it has a saying in a few weeks, and I'm sure they'll be coming back again here before too long. I love when our choir sings. I love when our praise team is so anointed. But you can have it all if the presence of God is not here, if it's just entertainment. Our fellowship and our functions to bring us together, it's biblical, it's right, it's what we do. I thank God for this incredible building that God has blessed us with. And as we're moving along, we talked this week about some of the progress. And I said, some of the progress seems to be moving so slowly that it's sneaking by. And, and some may not even be noticing the little things that are being upgraded and changed and done. And the little steps that are being taken. Because it's just, But you can have it all if we miss the presence of God or even reduces my opportunities to be in the presence of God. I want to be careful about becoming so busy that I don't have time to give to God. I don't have time to entertain the presence of God. I, I, I've lived long enough to understand and realize the importance of knowledge, and particularly the knowledge of God as I want to speak about this morning. We need proper understanding. We need right doctrine. Without clear understanding, we'll end up led astray. We, we live in a day of advanced understanding. More people are well-educated today than in any of the previous generations. Nothing wrong with education. I'm a proponent of education and knowledge. But knowledge without experience produces very little. We have a lot of educated people with no experience in the field of their education and their work, and they're educated in one field working in another. So there must always be a balance. Perhaps my greatest concern in this generation is that many receive credentials to teach, but they lack the knowledge and experience that needs to come along with that. This morning I'm talking about the presence of God. We live in a day, in a, in a church age, 
in which it seems that we have become very, very gifted. Social media seems to be uh, advancing so quickly and, and the presentations and programs and, and church programming and helps and, and uh, websites and uh, great preaching and great singing and wonderful conferences. But my concern today is that we have moved into an era of becoming professional Christians. We've learned the lingo. We've learned the talk. We, we, we've, learned, we've learned what to do on Sunday. We know what time to show up. We've got everything down pat. We know the steps to take. It's like we just go through the motions so simply. We, we know when to stand and when to be seated. We, we know, you know, we, we've, learned, we've learned when to clap on beat or off beat. We've, we've, learned, we've learned it so well. But we have lost the ability to entertain the presence of God when we're alone one-on-one -on -one with Him. Ain't nobody going to help me preach this morning. I'm preaching this morning not about, I'm not preaching against what you've already experienced today. As a matter of fact, I love our church. I love what God is doing. I love our services. I love everything about it. I'm not preaching against those things. But what I'm preaching for this morning is for us to get our mind tuned and affixed on what it means to be able to entertain God in a one-on-one -on -one relationship in our home, day-to-day, -day, on our job, driving down the road, to be able to have a relationship one-on-one -on -one with Him. Let me say to you today, contrary to a lot of Facebook memes and a lot of Facebook preachers, Your one-on-one -on -one relationship with God will never replace corporate worship. I know they say, I don't need religion, all I need is God. That sounds good, but the Bible says for us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, even so much the more as we see the day approaching. They're against organized religion, but... But they fail to understand that Jesus was the master organizer that brought 12 together, put them together, and sent them out in groups of two to go in different places and plant churches. Sounds like an organizational operation to me. So don't come with all the anti-organizational, anti-church ideas because you need the church. But I'm going to tell you that showing up to church and only having a Sunday relationship is not going to do anything anything for you. You need a day today. Walk with Him. What you're going to experience today is wonderful. Our fellowship's wonderful. Our service this morning, again, I don't want to be misunderstood. When I preach messages like today, I spend half the time repenting for the message to those that might mishear me this morning. I am not against Sunday school programs and children's ministry programs and choirs and orchestras and music teams and youth groups and fellowships and conferences. I'm for it all. But this morning, I come to remind you that 
those things alone will not get you to heaven. You must have a relationship that takes you today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, day to day. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's a day to day. So we need proper understanding. We need right doctrine. If we're not careful, if we don't have good understanding, good teaching, we'll be led astray. We, we have people that are so well educated today. And I'm a proponent of education and knowledge. But experience, the experience of being in His presence and the understanding of how to get alone with God is so very important, and I hope I help and inspire somebody today. Perhaps my greatest concern is that we learn to go through motions and we, have, we raise our children to become professional Christians, but they lack a real depth of anointing. John the Evangelist wrote to a select group who were being inundated with knowledge. But he said the knowledge lacked the unction of the anointing. Over and over, John tells them to abide. He says, abide in what you've been taught by your fathers. Abide in what you've been taught by the Holy Ghost. He says, but the anointing, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, he said, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and ye not need that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you. Get this, get this. I am very much, I believe you need Bible study. I believe you need church attendance. I believe you need the word taught. It's an ancient yet modern way of bringing clear understanding to the word of God. But John says that there is an unction that comes only when you are in his presence. And that unction which, that anointing he talks about, he said it will teach you all things and it is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you you shall abide in him. Everybody say the word abide. Abide in him. It means spending time. It is where you go to. It is your place. I don't need to run to Facebook. I don't need to run to, to where I need to run to is I need to run to his presence. He's telling them. Here's what he's telling them. Be aware of heady teaching because these heady teachers want to impress you that they may seduce you for personal gain. He says judge their spirituality not by their intellect but by their level of anointing. And the only way that one can be anointed with this spiritual anointing or unction as the scripture calls it, is that they spend time in his presence. Before the priest could ever operate 
in the, the tabernacle or in the temple, he went through a cleansing and a washing to make sure that every particle of dirt and dust and everything connected with this world was washed off him. A garment that was tucked away in a certain place was placed upon him. And as he stood in the doorway before he could ever enter in to be able to minister, they took oil, seven quarts, a hen of oil, and they poured it upon his head and it washed over him before he ever entered in. There was an anointing that had to be upon him because the, the, the idea here, God did not want anything connected with the earth, anything connected with the flesh, attempting to minister in his tabernacle. He wanted pure anointing to come when it began when they began to minister. So he wanted more than just somebody knowing about him. He wanted somebody to know him. There's a lot of difference between knowing about him and knowing him. To get to know him, you have to spend some time in his presence. This is why we must get alone in his presence. One may know facts about him, read all the books about him, be able to quote passages about him, but give me a man or woman that has had an encounter with him and spent some time with him, and it will become very evident who it is that gets alone with God and who it is that doesn't. I don't ever want to get to the point where I might... I would rather know about him than to know him. Am I making any sense this morning? I never want to get to the point where I want everything to be about heady teaching and not moments of me getting alone in prayer with him because his presence is worth more than anything else. Please don't get this wrong this morning. I'm not suggesting that you don't need Bible study. I'm not suggesting that you don't need the Word. Yes, you do, but there must be a balance. If all you get is heady teaching and you never get alone with Him and let there be some work on the heart, your life will get out of balance. You need to get alone with Him. This is why David... David understood that his presence was so important. That's why in Psalm 51, he said, Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He's saying, I need to be in your presence, not just know your name and not just know about you and not just know what you've done. I need your presence. He lived long enough to learn to value his presence more than anything else, our world has lost the value of presence. Go in a restaurant and just watch people. Just go sit down at a table and watch people. Most of the families there, they're, they're, they're just they're sitting around the table. My wife and I went in a restaurant the other night and I was sitting there and I was watching and I watched this other couple that was sitting there, and they had sit there for quite some time, and I never saw them communicate with one another. They both were sitting there, and they're on their phones. And they're communicating with somebody somewhere in the world of media, but, but 
there was no presence. I particularly had to take my phone and I just slid it aside and set it down. I was in another restaurant here some time back. If you, if you hang around me, you hear a lot of stories about restaurants. We were in a restaurant some time ago, and I saw a mom. There were about three kids sitting there, and they sat there for a little bit. And there was a specific time when I saw the mom get up. She wasn't rude. She wasn't hateful. And she walked over, and she reached over, and she started collecting the phones out of the hands of the kids. And she collected them, brought them over, and set them down over where she was just as they bring the food out. And they sat down to eat, and there was no media sitting in front of them. And I thought. And then I watched as they ate, as they were talking and engaging. And the kids, you could tell the kids were kind of like, what am I supposed to do here? Because this age... Has, they have lost the idea of the importance of presence. Presence. My wife and I go to a lot of church conferences, and we laugh about this. We go to, the, we go to a conference, and some people you meet, they're like, oh, haven't seen you in forever, and they're hugging on you and talking to you. And then there's some people that you meet, and, and as soon as you walk up to where you are, they put their hand out, and they're looking over your shoulder to see if there's somebody more important that they can talk to. They're not present. They're there, but they're not present. David understood the importance. He said, cast me not away from thy presence. Don't take my holy, your Holy Spirit from me. We need to understand the importance of presence. I've always struggled to talk with people who I feel like are busy and they're somewhere else. My oldest son, Gentry, since he was very little, I think he probably got that honestly from me, but he used to have a terrible habit. I would be driving down the road. He's riding in the back seat. And as I'm driving down the road, he would say, Dad, Dad, Dad. And if I didn't answer him, I'd say, you know, I'm just driving and I'm listening. And I'm like, yeah. He would reach over the back seat, grab my chin while I'm driving and turn my head to the back seat because he wanted to know that I was listening. Presence was so important. He wanted to know that I was engaged. It amazes me the number of people who come to church, sit through powerful moves of God. They show up, but they never check in. They show up, but mentally and emotionally, they're, they're elsewhere. They're thinking about what they've done, what they have left to do, what's, what's going to happen down the road. They never get on location when they come. God, help us. Some come in, and while they are here, in, 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 instead of engaging in worship and engaging in what God is doing, they're, 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 they're just so busy listening and watching for their prophetic word that they miss his presence. Because it's not always in the lightning and the thunder and the hand clap. Sometimes it's the still small voice. This is what I'm trying to get across to you this morning. We must engage his presence, entertain 
entertain his presence. Because if we don't entertain his presence, if we ignore him, we will miss the moment that may be life-changing for us. My wife is a very gifted host. When someone's coming to our home, she's always very, very careful. She wants to have the house clean to her specifications. And I often say to her, babe, we live here. That's my term for it's okay. I said, we live here. And she's like, no, 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 no. I just need to get this done right here. And she, she's got to get the house just to where she wants. She wants to prepare. If it's a meal, she wants the meal to be exactly what she wants and exactly the way, and she wants it to turn out just right because she wants that person that is coming to our home to know that she was expecting them and that she's happy that they're there, and that she's prepared to have them. She will open conversations. I think she sits down and must pre-plan the conversations. She listens to their thoughts. She makes sure they're comfortable. She makes sure that I get up and refill their drinks. Just kidding. Just seeing if you were awake. We need some church members that show up to every service and you come in and say, wait, wait, I know everything else is going on, but I got to get ready for this because the Spirit of the Lord is going to show up at some point. And when he does, I want to be ready to entertain. I don't want to be caught up in a text conversation. I don't want to be caught up in what's going on. I don't want to get caught up playing with the baby next to me. I don't want to get caught up thinking about what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm coming in, and I want to entertain his presence. We need some folks that come in and say, I'm not brushing off an opportunity. I am going to entertain his presence. And I plan to leave here saying, I've never experienced anything like it in my life. We have to respond with our attention to his presence or we may miss our opportunity. Did you get that? When the first song begins to be sung, I want to reach out with all of the sensitivity that I have and begin to search for the opportunity to entertain the presence of the Almighty God. You can be moved by being in the presence of distinguished people, important people, but spending time in the presence of God has the power to transform who you are. They say, pick the five people that you spend the most time with. And that is what you are becoming because you become like those that you spend the most time with. If you want to become like the Lord, then you have to spend time in His presence. Don't talk to me about, oh, I want to be like Jesus if you're not spending some time one-on-one -on -one with him and saying, God, I want to be molded into your image. I want to learn to be like you.
We never come out of the presence of God the same way as we go in. Never, ever. Isaiah was in the presence of God and he came out and he said, Woe is me. For I am a man of unclean lips. He is never, he was never the same. Moses took off his shoes, which is a sign of vulnerability and reverence. His life and direction was forever changed because of his encounter with God. In Job 42 and 5, he said, I have heard of thee with my ear, but now, he said, my eyes have seen thee. I've heard about him, but now that I have entertained his presence, my life has forever been changed. Peter and John in Acts chapter 4 says now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men but they marveled and they took knowledge because they knew they had been with Jesus. You catch that? They were ignorant and unlearned men but when they got around Jesus the ignorance and the unlearnedness began to go away because they began to talk like him and act like him and walk like him and be like him Nothing is more important than being in the presence of the Lord. I believe that God has been tugging at my heart to tug at your heart. I believe God is calling this church to a closer personal encounter with His presence. There's the purpose of this whole message today. God is calling us to spend more time with Him, alone with Him, in your prayer closet, alone with Him and His Word, alone with Him in prayer. I love what we're doing with Bible study teaching, and I'm thankful for every teacher and every student. Let's give them all a great big hand. Thank you for the time you're spending and the investment. But Bible study teaching alone is not enough. We need to get in His presence. There is the Word and the Spirit. Knowledge will change your mind, but an encounter in His presence will change your spirit. An encounter with God will transform you. Your image will be made like His image. Knowledge gives us understanding, but the real change comes from time in His presence. This is why that sincere prayer at altar call is so very important. Pay attention to how you respond at altar time. When there is a call to come forward. I know every altar call may be a little different. Some call for different things. But pay attention to how you are responding are we just walking forward and standing and watching the song and waiting for the dismissal? To say, I walked forward, I showed my sign. Or are we coming forward and saying, I have to take a few minutes to respond and get in the presence of God over what I've just heard? Worship 
the singing, the worship, the praise, all of that is about Him. We are giving glory to Him. It's not about us, not about, we may enjoy it, but it's not about us. It's about Him. We enjoy praising Him. The Word is about us. It's what we are receiving, what we are getting. The altar call is about the combination and the change that we're saying what I have given to you and what I have received from the Word now is an application in my life. God, change me, fix me, help me, move me to the place you want me to be. It's that moment of change. The message deals with your reasoning, but the change comes from entertaining His presence. I can't claim to be the most spiritual and to have all the answers to spiritual questions, but I can tell you this, to not be engaged at a moment of a call to prayer is a clear sign that we lack relationship. Don't just let that settle in. When we fail to respond at a call to prayer, it is a clear sign that we don't have a one-on-one with God. We may have the smoke and mirrors. We may be able to tell everybody else. But when we stand stoic at a call to prayer or a call to worship, it is a clear sign that we really are not who we're claiming to be if we claim to have all knowledge and all understanding. The Scripture says to judge them by their anointing that comes only from His presence. This is why that a culture of prayer is so important for the church today. You catch that a culture of prayer, meaning we don't wait for prayer to be the last thing. We don't have to be begged to pray. We are looking for an opportunity because we know if I can get to God in prayer. I know I'm coming at prayer a little different way today, but we've got to get alone with God. We've got to get in His presence. We've got to entertain His presence. When we get on, I'm not talking about just saying, God, do this for me. Most of our prayer is ordering God around, but what we need to do is get in the presence of God and say, God, work on me. God, change me. I like what I see in you. Could I begin? Help me see that in me. I know about you, but would I, God, be able to become like you? you. That's what we've got to do to become like Him. The Bible said if you genuinely seek Him, that you can find Him. And when you find Him, His power is able to change you. The Scripture admonishes us to get in His presence. 1 Chronicles chapter 28. I won't be, I won't be much longer. For the Lord searcheth all the heart and understandeth the imaginations of the thoughts. And then it says, if thou seek him, he will be found of thee. When people say, well, I, 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 I don't really understand this. I, you know, I pray, but I don't think God is present. He is as close as the mention of his name. When we go through seasons that we pray but we don't feel Him, don't judge the fact of His presence over your feeling. 
Your feeling is not more powerful than His Word. When we pray, He is close. He is as close as the mention of His name. When you seek Him, He can be found. You may be going through some emotional things or have some things in your life that cause you to not be able to feel or sense His presence. Don't let that be an accusation against God. We just need to get in a place. We need to become more pliable to where we can sense that He is here because He's here. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I'll be with you always. His word on and on and on again says, He is there. He is with you. He's walking with you. Our inability to sense Him, to feel Him or to see Him should never be an accusation against him fulfilling his word because he's there. It's our sensitivity. And we become more sensitive by getting into his presence. Psalm 145, David tells us, The Lord is nigh unto them that call upon him. He's near. That's what he says. He's near unto them that call upon him. James chapter 4 says, Draw nigh or draw near unto God, and He will draw near unto us. God's not running from you. When you draw near to Him, He's drawing near to you. Well, pastor, you don't know the sin in my life. Draw near to Him. He's coming toward you. You don't know the mess I've done. You don't know the mess I've made. Draw near to Him. He's drawing near to you. But here's the deal. God is not going to break into your situation. God won't. Give them some hope, Cheryl. Some of them, they're, they're asleep out there. God doesn't come and just break into your situation and say, it doesn't matter whether you want me here or not, you're here. I sat at the table yesterday, my new daughter-in-law, Kayla, she did not know what to think. I was giving my wife a hard time. And she came, Annette came through and said something. And I said, no, if you don't want to be around me, that's fine. You go. Kayla looked at me. I was kidding. My wife knew I was kidding. Kayla wasn't so sure I was kidding. And when I saw that, I just maximized it. I said, that's right, Kayla. Anybody that don't want to be around me can just go on and get out of here. She said, I want to be around you, sweet girl. God's not going to come where he's not desired. But when you seek after him, you can find him. And when you draw near to him, he runs to you. doesn't matter how you walked in here today. If you say, God, I need to get close to you, I promise you all heaven stands to attention and he starts running to where you are. He starts coming to you. David described his encounter and his desire for God in Psalm 42. He, he described it like a deer. He said, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so my soul panteth after thee, O Lord. What he's saying is, as a thirsty deer runs toward water, so my soul, when it is thirsty, runs after you. But when you run after him, he's not dodging you and hiding from you and sneaking around the corner from you. The moment that he knows you're looking toward him and you're looking his way, he heads right your direction. 
when you encounter him, when you entertain his presence, he will restore everything in your life. I know we have preached so much instantaneous. Everything's instant. It's instant miracles and instant salvation and instant changes. And we have maximized all the instant things that we fail to recognize what the day-to-day progress of just getting in His presence can do. I'm calling the church today. First of all, I'm calling the church today. I'm calling us to get in His presence. I'm calling us to a moment of of getting in His presence. I'm going to do this in a very unusual way. I feel like this week that we as a congregation need to spend a little extra time in prayer and fasting. And why fasting? Why I haven't mentioned that all day? Because sometimes we need to cut everything else out. Somebody said, fasting causes me to get hungry. That's what it's supposed to do, not physical hunger. Fasting is supposed to cause us to become hungry for the things of God. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. The issue is, is we're hungry and thirsty after the things of the world. It's not righteousness that we're hungry and thirsty for. I don't know that I'm going to end that this week, but I want to call the church to a season of prayer and fasting this week. I just wonder how many, I'm not going to beg you because you've got to want it, and if you don't want it, you're not going to do it. If you don't want to entertain Him, you're never going to do it. But I just wonder how many in this room today could just lift up a hand. I'm not going to have you sign a card. I'm not going to have you come forward. I'm just going to have you make a commitment. This is between you and God. But as a response to this word today, I wonder how many in this room would say, Pastor, I'm going to choose a day. And you've got to do whatever you can. I know there's diabetics and there's elders and there's people with health problems. And some of you can't fast three days or five days or even a full day. But I want you to do what you can. If you're in the room today and you will commit to fasting, addition to what, if you have a normal fasting procedure in your life, that you will do more this week. If there's somebody that will lift a hand today and say, Pastor, I'm going to commit to fasting this week because I want to be in His presence. Look around you. Hold those hands high. There's hands raised all over this room. All over this room. This is a commitment to the Lord. Lift both hands toward heaven and commit that to the Lord. Just commit that to the Lord. God, this is between me and you. This has nothing to do. This has nothing to do with my pastor. This is between me and you. I want to be closer to you. I want to entertain your presence. Now, my next question for you today, my next question for you today is regarding prayer. How many of you will commit to spending some time? If you spend time every day with God in prayer, I want you to add add to it. If you spend five, add five. If you spend ten, add ten. 
whatever it is, you spend some time with God alone in prayer, just you and God. You're not going to let anything interrupt it. You're going to turn off the phone. You're not going to let anything get in the way, but you're going to set time aside. Don't give him what's left. Give him the best. Get on your schedule and schedule it and say, this is when I'm going to do it every day. I'm going to go to God in prayer, and I'm going to do more than what I normally do this week, every day this week. I'm going to go to God in prayer because I want to get alone, one-on-one with Him, and I want to entertain His presence. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand all over this room. Wow. Wow. Look around you. Look around you. Most of the hands in this room raised. Lift both hands toward heaven. Commit that to the Lord right now. Father, we come to commit to you right now. Lord, this isn't about being seen. This isn't about my neighbor. God, I'm committing God, not only to fasting, but I'm committing to prayer. God, I'm going to do more this week. I'm setting some time aside. I want to be in your presence. Oh, God, stand with me all over the room right now. David said, in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. I come today to remind you and to tell you that being in the presence of God is the most important thing you can do. I close and conclude this altar call this morning for that one that may have walked in this room and said, I I need, I may not understand everything the pastor preached about, but I need to get in his presence this morning. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to open these altars, the front of this room. You can come forward. You can come stand around the front. Some of our altar workers will come. They'll pray with you, help you, coach you, talk to you. But if you're in the room today, and you know that's you, and you need a change in your life, you can go to every program you want to. You can get in every study you want to. Nothing is going to change you like the presence of God. Can I get a witness in this house today? Or if you're in this room today and you just want to say, I just need to get in his presence, and that's you today, and this word has stirred your heart, I'm going to open these altars for you as well. Right now, without any further ado, I just want you to step from where you are and walk to the front of this room as a sign to the Lord and just say, God, I'm coming to get in your presence. You'll never be in his presence without being affected. Come on, make this about you and God. Don't worry about who's standing around you, just you and God. In your presence, your love's revealed. In your presence. Asking our ministers and elders and altar workers to be sensitive this morning. Chains are loosed and lives are healed. Oh, yes. Your peace is waiting with arms wide open, with arms stretched open. Oh, yes, in your presence. Oh, yes, your love's real. Come on, that's it. I refuse to allow this opportunity to pass me by. And all I need is found in your presence. All I need is found in your your presence. All I need is found in your presence. 
let's seek the Lord in your presence seek him today there is freedom there is freedom chains are loose come on I see chains being broken off of lives today I see real change coming in somebody's life today this could be a brand new starting point for somebody today stretched open yes. in your presence yes. your love's revealed come on pour it out and to the Lord this morning open your heart and talk to him in your presence. everything